says, get that India, big boy. Hello and welcome back to an instant reaction podcast on the tip sheet. As always, I'm your host, John, also known as 4020. Joining the breakdown, a heart palpitating, sweat inducing, frustration enraging uh, one point winner of the Gold Coast Titans is my good mate, 60s. Uh, big fella, perhaps not the result we wanted in terms of the, the mechanics of it, but they're all, all those wins, they count the same when the season is uh, in the books, and goodness knows we needed this win after what happened last week with the Warriors. Uh, yeah, look, I, I'm not quite... I'm, I'm still coming to grips with what I just watched out at the stadium. Uh, only just home now from uh, the the car park at the Leafs Club. It was... Uh, even though it wasn't a huge crowd there, it took a while to get out of the... Uh, out of the precinct tonight. But... Um, yeah, I'm trying to take it in. I've got, I've just put the replay on in the background as I'm recording this, and it's, yeah, look, it was one of those games where we talked about what we don't want to see against the Titans. <laughs> guess, guess what we saw, and, and it was exactly what uh, we saw. Yeah, all the, yeah. the 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 danger points, all the you know the conversations about where the Titans could trap you into falling into their rhythm. The Eels fell victim to it tonight. And look, to their credit, they rallied at halftime and played a much more stoic brand of football in the second half. And on the back of that more disciplined gameplay, it was enough to get them home. But, uh, geez, there were some frustrations in the first half. You know, ill-disciplined from Sevo and, and Reg, uh, RCG, having that lapse mentally leading to the Simbin. And look, I think both those Simbins, we can talk about in the later 60s, I was happy with both those calls. But there were plenty of other calls I wasn't happy with. Uh, yeah, and I think that's what will where we are expressing what, you know, we we really found a bit hard to believe out there. Surprisingly, yeah, we're probably not going to be talking about the, the sin bins because it was hard to argue against them yeah. when you when you we look back at them. But, man, there was plenty else out. Uh, oh, Missed miss forward there, passes but, off kickoffs, missed knock-ons, uh, an offside that was policed incredibly inconsistently. I mean... The, the Titans definitely got the the right rub of the green on those two Simbins. I have no issues with what the the, the official butler made or and the bunker made in those calls. I think they were the right calls. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I feel like there were plenty of other calls in between that were pretty ordinary. Uh, but, oh, it, it, yeah, absolutely, you know, absurd, some of the uh, officiating. However, we are going to try to give us balanced account as we can even with our biased eyes and before we do of course a shout out to our sponsors big swing golf at north mead and star partners real estate auburn norellan and Parramatta, and also of course a shout out to uh Parramatta leagues club uh, the home of the eels uh we were there earlier this afternoon uh with our uh pre-game uh podcast this time we weren't doing it post-match it was all uh, pre-match where um, we're going with this instant reaction that we'll be posting online for people to respond to but um, yeah thank you to Parramatta Leagues Club it, it certainly makes it the home of the Eels on match days. Yes sir all right let's talk some football in a bit more depth now 60s Parramatta Eels prevailing 
crucially, 25-24 to 24 over the Gold Coast Titans at the conclusion of round 20. A Mitchell Moses field goal, the difference between the two teams. For the Titans, it was a Cam Pereira double, followed by tries to Sami, which I don't agree with. I thought that was a pretty obvious double movement. And Tanner Boyd, uh, they're rounding out their four try scorers. Boyd, two from four off the tee for try conversions, being crucial, obviously. Two from two for the penalty conversions. Uh, a missed field goal, two missed field goals, sorry, uh, for the Titans. One was charged down, one sprayed to the right, I think, uh, if I recall correctly. For the Eels, uh, Reagan Campbell-Gillard opened the scoring in the fifth minute, followed by Will Penasini, Bryce Cartwright, and the King with a poster. A poster effort of a try there in the left corner as he went full uh, outreach to get it down just before his left leg hit the sideline. Moses, three from four on try conversions, a uh, one single penalty goal added, and that crucial field goal in the 74th minute. Sevo, 21st minute Symbian, Campbell-Gillard, 25th minute Symbian, leaving the Eels down two for a good six minutes there, 60s. And i got to say, uh, as as bad as some of the defensive efforts were at times, I thought that for the most of that period, they, they certainly tried their backsides off two men down uh, in a big hole. Yeah, it was... I mean, the, the game really could have got away from us there because uh, well, watching it out there live, I said to the others... These are match-defining decisions, the the double sin bin, because you can't get get down to eleven players and not think that you're going to pay the penalty. You know, the, like for for us to be look, I mean, Gutho made an awful mistake with that um, attempted catch just before half time, which then, of course, two points from the scrum. The the, the Titans got uh, two points with the scrum penalty. And mind you, that was the icing on the cake for the crowd out there. <laughs> there was a, a pretty pretty vocal chant that went up after that. Yeah, yeah. But again, uh, you know, the Eels have to look in the mirror as to how that situation came about Agreed. because we were, we were attacking down the other end and basically uh, threw away an opportunity to keep the play down there for the rest of that half. And then... As I said, it was, uh, and I think it was a stray pass from Dejan Arcee that went behind everyone. Um, but then uh, Gutho dropped that um, relatively simple catch by his standards and yeah, gave them the opportunity to be two points up. Now, I was fairly happy to have had what transpired in the first half and to be only two points down at half time. I thought, this is a win. And then when they came out and scored first in the second half, I thought, okay, no, we go on with it from here. We didn't go on with it from there. It, like we got the two points, but my goodness, didn't it didn't the team put us through some palpitations in that second half? Um, I think the referee helped with some of those palpitations as well. But um yeah, we've we we have to be fair and say, you know what? We can't disagree with the sin bins. No. But we can we can talk about the calls that probably should have gone Parramatta's way and didn't go Parramatta's way. And um, and I guess I have to ask, I, I haven't seen a replay of just how bad it was, but it, it seemed like for a large part of his um, time out there on the field that every carry, Tino Fasua Malaawi seemed to be, you know, that elbow, that forearm seemed to be cocked a little bit. And um, I, I don't know, how bad was his... How bad was it the one that he got penalised with? I think I'm yet to see it on replay. I think Moses did a good job of 
convincing the officials that it was probably worse than it was. Um, he did a very yep. good job selling it, probably knowing that there are some priors at play there and, and there was a potential to get the penalty. But, yeah, Tino is definitely one of those players that he is playing with fire every carry. Like, he he is cocking that arm and loading it up at a height uh, that is going to get him in trouble. And it, Look, if, if, if as a tackler you're beholden to the, the, the ball runner coming at you at a variable height beyond what you're you know responsible for at, at a normal sort of level it's true for the ball carrier too you know if, if you've got a you know six foot half or a you know a five foot ten dummy half coming at you you cannot raise that arm and while titans fans might feel aggrieved that it was a borderline penalty uh this is one that's been cooking for weeks and months now and and yeah uh, i think that yeah given given that he also got had a shoulder charge which used to be an auto send-off too not too long ago i oh, send off symbian sorry gosh not a send-off uh you know Tino probably a little bit lucky there as well, given that the the ref would have felt the pressure of maybe an equalising Simbin at one point in that game as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's get into um, some of the key performers there tonight. Well, no, before we do, the I, I want to talk about what didn't please me about Parramatta's performance and then what did please me. Mm-hmm. What didn't please me about Parramatta's performance was... I was seeing elements in defence that weren't far removed to what I saw last week against the Titans. The I thought that there right. was there was some, and and I'm not talking about the period where the Eels were down to eleven men. I, I'm talking about when we were full complement of players out there on the field. I thought that we were, you know, we had our we had our moments when there were just uh, far too many missed tackles, far too many spaces. And it seemed to be around the ruck and the edge of the ruck. And I just didn't, yeah, that concerned me a little bit. And I think it's something that we're probably going to need to fix up because it's, you know, the I thought there was probably even more opportunities that the Titans could have um, taken advantage of in that second half. Uh, they, they, had, they had times there where, uh, look, I guess equally there's times where you could say, when is when is a player held? Because it seemed to be that there were players that were getting away offloads when it seemed that there was um, the tackle completed. But also there were players that were just able to slip out of tackles. Uh, how many how many tackles did Jaden Campbell yeah. slip out of? You talk about those heart palpitations, sixties. Uh, there was a, a, a sequence of runs that felt like in sort of like either consecutive or near consecutive sets where. He, he beat a number of defenders and went dangerously close to scoring. And I think he ended up setting up the Tanner Boyd try in the second half on the back of one of those runs. So, yeah, very, very frustrating. We did a good job by containing him in, on the kick returns in general. Uh, but, yeah, there was just that, that sequence of plays where we got very sloppy uh, marking up on him and let him break some tackles. Well, he's credited with seven tackle breaks. Seven. And if you had have asked me, you know, uh, what my um, estimate was straight after the game, I might have said somewhere between 10 and 12. Um, So I'm not quite sure how they've come to seven. But anyway, that's what it is. So, yeah, I suppose that typifies your frustrations with our defensive efforts. And I think you're spot on there. Uh, given what we saw against the Warriors last week, he would have hoped to be a little bit sharper 
in behind the rock in thereabouts against the Titans. But again, we spoke about it at length across multiple podcasts this week, 60s, about falling into the trap of dropping into their tempo. And unfortunately, when we had that red-hot start, I sort of just went, oh, no. It's like, the counterintuitively, it's like the worst thing you could do against the Titans. Like, I know that there is also opportunity to go on and, and put a score onto them after going up 12-0, but against the Titans, you just know we score two early tries without having to do too much. I mean, Reg goes over with a nice ball from Brendan Hands in that spin, and then Will Penasini is able to scoop up that deflected ball of the Gold Coast Titans when uh, Bryce Cartwright led that right down the right edge. And they're both good tries, but you could just see in the air that we're going to get a little bit sloppy and we're going to get a little bit loose and start overbuying our hands, and sure enough, that's exactly what came. And, uh, yeah, that's yeah. the Titans were sweating on it, I swear. They were sweating on it. Yeah, yeah, and it's and that's the point that we need to make. The concern that we had, if we tried to play a brand of football which was a little bit, little bit more unstructured, a little bit more expansive, that that is just not the sort of play for us to play against the Titans. Because when when it happens and when we get a little bit of success, as you said, we get loose and. I don't know why, but we do. We just we seem to steer well away from our our systems, mm-hmm. especially in defence. Especially in defence, and it's not a question of do we have points in us to score? Because yeah, we do have points in us to be able to get get the tries on the board against the Titans, and and yeah, there might have been some occasions in this match today where it was a little bit frustrating where it just wasn't happening for us in attack but we always knew that we were going to there was a try or two in us in the second half to edge ahead of them but the problem was always going to be how many are we going to let them score because we are loose in our structures mm-hmm. and you, you can see that even like the we weren't settled on the oh, look at that the breaks that were made in the early early tackles after a kick uh, like there was there was one point there where we completed a set perfectly moses yeah waited it perfectly into the corner and then Pereira escapes containment with uh, there was a complete breakdown in the middle of the field uh with the umbrella the, the umbrella defense and yeah he he escapes containment makes 30 meters and it I mean, credit to the boys for rallying from there, but that was like that real sliding doors moment where you're like, oh my God, we're going to lose this. Like, yeah, he was threatening the breakout for a huge run, get into scoring range and take the game away from us. Uh, But we obviously rallied and and yeah. uh, The second half, like I said, it was gutsy, but it was uh, far from perfect. And it was, while it was a market improvement over what we saw in the first half, I mean, the, the coach has got a lot of material to absolutely flay the boys on through the week in training ahead of that trip to the Gold, uh, Gold Coast to Townsville. Yeah, yeah. And so now to that counterpoint, because I talked about what I didn't like uh, from the Eels, what I did like was the fact that we did rally and that we didn't panic as such and that when the time came that we needed to put uh, like some really good structure play and set up for the field goal that we took that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it but, was it was a marked difference to what the Titans did when they were in a similar position. 
And I uh, think it was. Sorry, you finish. Yeah, they, yeah. I, I was just going to say, you know, that it was. I I wouldn't say that it, it's as as good as how the Storm would set, get themselves set for icing field goals when they needed needed to be taken, but you just had that sense that we had that in us and the Titans were anything but that. And it proved to be the case where we had uh, Lane was able to charge down mm-hmm. their first field goal attempt. And then in, the, in their second field goal attempt, well, it just, I don't know, it just, he probably had enough time for him to be able to get the field goal, but they weren't quite in the, in the ideal position that they could have got themselves into. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with the fact that we kept our composure at that at the time in the game where we really needed to keep the composure. So that was probably the part that pleased me the most. A um, couple of outstanding performances, I thought, out there. Um, Will Penasini really bounced back from last week. Oh, my he God, the, the violent 60s. By, the violence, yeah. the, that was a man on a mission. And while with the ball in hand, the opportunities weren't there, just 12 runs, I mean, just 12 runs, but for a relatively inefficient 73 metres, in defence, he was a man possessed. He was destroying them. So I, I love that energy. And going back to what you were saying about about the uh, what pleased you with the sort of the, the stoicism, in a way, in that second half, you know, it was the core players. Will Penasini being one of them, but Mitchell Moses, Quentin Gufferson, Bryce Cartwright, uh, you know, Ryan Madison, outstanding as well. And one thing that really came out to me there, thinking back, back on it just now, was Guffo had a pretty ordinary first half. Let's not kid ourselves. He got beaten by Philip Sami for that try, which I don't think was a try. There was a clear promotion of the ball. Even with momentum, you could still cannot promote the ball. That was a double movement. But he got beaten all ends up there at the last line. He had that drop ball before half time. Fair to say he had a pretty ordinary first half. But... He really channeled the spirit of a player that you mentioned this week in James Maloney. That goldfish memory, get back to work, next set, make the difference. And in the second half, he really typified that. The try he scored in the corner is going to be a highlight reel poster sort of try for the Eels for the rest of the season and moving forwards. And then Mitchell Moses. Just uh, the, the situation never got too big for him. He just locked in that kicking game. And he changed it up too. We're so used to that uh, sort of prioritizing the, the time in the air sort of clearing bombs. But he changed it. He went uh, and got the driver out and flattened it out and really picked apart the back three of the Gold Coast to put the Eels in favourable territorial positions. I'm not sure that I've seen Gutho was fired up after Oh, game. my goodness. How pumped was he in that in that scoring sequence and at the end of the game? Uh, he knew how important it was to get that win as ugly as it was. And, uh, you know, also on his own impact or lack thereof initially, but then the turning points. So you you love to see a captain fight up like that. Oh yeah, the the way he was um, revving up the crowd after the match was over, like really full on celebrating the win, and I've termed that as the, as the great escape the the match tonight. And I don't think there was any other way to say it because we were a long way from our best. We were a long way from what you would call uh, grand final or finalist form. Like it. it yeah, it was it was one of those games, almost like last week, where you have to put it, you know, you put it behind you and then move on. I guess the part that you don't put behind you is the fact that it is a win. So they had to enjoy 
um, getting it there because uh, getting that win because in the end it was a, a win against the odds, mind you, odds that they made themselves. You'd have to say, you know, like there was as as we spoke about and we'll speak about shortly. There was officiating that it wasn't happy with, but those big calls, the sin bin calls, that was of the eel zone making, the missed tackles of the eel zone making. So, um, what was, um, what about you, mate? What, like you, you've just spoken about those individual performances. Anything else that really, um, stood out for you as a positive? I mean, we spoke about it in our preview. Uh, I know that the Titans also sort of mixed up the formula, had a kickoff by dropping their captain, Tino. You know, well, I say dropping, but uh, giving him a different role in this game and putting him on the bench to help balance out that interchange rotation a bit more. But I thought that Ryan Madison was a massive factor in this game from the interchange. Going back to that role that he had last year, 60s coming off almost as like a primary middle, but in the secondary rotation, I thought it was huge. Uh, big carries, quality offloads, good defense. Uh, I thought Maddo was a, a real lightning rod for some of the best football that we played in this game. Yeah, those those carries that he made, like he seemed to be getting like 15 metres mm-hmm. easy. Mm-hmm. Like just so easy. Um, what's he credited for? Like 13 for 150 for a couple of tackle years. breaks. Yeah, so incredible efficiency. The, the sort of numbers that we'll, we'll see from him last year where he was really uh, driving a wedge into the opposition defences uh, in that you know extended run heading in, into that contract ex- contract extension that he enjoys now with the Eels, so good to see him in in top nick. Um, you know, there's other little things. I, I thought Joe Ofengawi, while I want to see more production from him with the born hand, he was a sledgehammer out there tonight. Sixties, there was a couple of absolute bell ringers, uh, which I always love to see those granite shoulders in defense. So credit to Joe there. I thought Andrew Davy looked uh, a bit more at home in the middle in this game. Um, I thought Sean Lane, while the numbers aren't incredible, seven runs, 96 metres, good efficiency on a per-carry basis. Um, I thought he looked a lot better after what we saw last week against New Zealand. Uh, and, you know, one the other thing, too, that we didn't talk about really while praising Mitchell Moses and Quinton Gufferson just before, but how about the conviction from Gufferson to reach into his bag of skills, bag of tricks, and pull out that cross-field kick for Bowie Simonson ahead of like what would end up setting up the field goal, I believe, that, that huge cross-field kick from the inside their own 20 or own 25, I think it was, uh, with Bailey playing it perfectly and, and scooping it up. So, yeah, yes, the Eels yeah. played some very ordinary football, and, and there's so much they can do better moving forwards. But at the same time, despite playing awful football, despite putting themselves in a massive hole down 13 versus 11, they found a way to claw a path to victory. And again, that speaks volumes towards the the conviction, the, the determination of the team. As bad as they played, they still found a path to victory, as unlikely as it was. Was that basically the the match-winning play, that kick? Yeah. I, I, that kick downfield? Yeah, I, I think it, it really broke, not, not a deadlock, but that would have been a defensive sequence there for the Titans where they would have been looking to bottle the Eels inside their own 40. And yes, Mitchell Moses still likely gets away a quality kick, but you still have a chance to maybe field the ball 20, 25 metres out and, and maybe get some traction on a kick return. Instead, the Eels are suddenly on you know the attack over halfway, looking to set up for a field goal. And you know to Mitch's credit, the ice in his veins, uh, he, he only needed the one shot and he made it count. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, like 
credit to the composure around uh, the the play the ball, the the snap pass back to him. I mean, all that sort of stuff has to has to work well, doesn't it? Because it's it, it's one thing for the the kicker to have the ice in the veins to be able to get that field goal there, but I think everyone has to have the ice in the veins on those moments. You know, the um, Brendan Hands had to have the ice in the veins with um, getting that pass back to him. It, it's easy enough to say that it should come second nature, but you know, I mean, they're the they're the big times in the game, and you you need people to be able to execute their role as as they should at those at those moments. And um, yeah, credit credit there for um, for that pass back. And you know what? It was. It, it was one of those games where I guess that we had we saw enough glimpses of good para for us to think, well, what happens from here? Like, it's a big road trip this week, isn't it, up to uh, North Queensland to take on the Cowboys. And they're obviously on a bit of a roll. Their confidence is going to be sky high. And we think, well... We've had an ordinary game against the Warriors. We've had a less than ideal game against the Titans, but I think we saw enough good Parramatta tonight to have uh, to have a, an element of confidence that we can get the job done against the Cowboys. Now, the question then becomes: Are we going to have to do it without Reg mm. and without Sebo? What's your thoughts? What's your what's your <clears throat> initial reaction, mate? I noticed that the Daily Telegraph is already kicking up a furor about Reg saying he should have been sent off and not Simbin. Uh, again, um, I think that the Simbin was the correct call and I have no qualms with both the bunker and, and Butler coming to that conclusion. I, I would also, if I was Eels, be harvesting evidence from round one last year where uh, Jaden Campbell you know, not only led with the knees but caved in a young man's chest didn't get penalised, didn't get Simbin, didn't get uh, any sort of uh, suspension. And I'd be if, if they're going to charge him, I'd be taking that to the uh, judiciary and, and sort of yeah. ask, asking for the consistency because what's good yeah, for the goose look, is good without, for the gander. Without question, Reg has been guilty of uh, a brain snap, a lazy moment where he's just lent with the knees into the player. Did he do any damage to the player? No. I mean, look, that's that's the first thing that you say is, well, what sort of damage has happened there? And the the answer there is none. When you talk about that incident last year, what damage was there? Well, the bloke was sent to the emergency department of at the of the hospital. He had to, had to be transported by ambulance. He ended up out of the game for what about ten weeks, something like that, with his chest caved in, his rib cage caved in. And no action taken, no nothing to answer for there. And you go, how the, you know what did that, did that happen? And um, yeah, it, so, but I guess because it's it isn't a good look where there is no question of whether or not we think that you know it was it was a nothing of it. It it was something. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking he'll get a week. I, I could definitely so. see something in the vicinity of as low as a fine to maybe max two weeks, depending on uh, what sort of mood the MRC is in when they, they sort of uh, collate their charges. I think the, the player that might 
be in a little bit more trouble might be Micah, uh, who the, the hit, I don't think it was particularly dangerous, but there is a pattern of behavior with Micah now uh, with those those uh, jams where he's gotten it wrong a few times and uh, the prize could lead to a more aggressive grading from the MRC perhaps. Uh, and on that, I think Micah is doing a very good job identifying these opportunities to jam, but he, just, he needs to get that target down lower. Uh, he he has you know gotten it wrong a couple of times now, and uh, that you know to the detriment of the team in this particular occasion for sin binning. And while you know good defensive decision making is what you want to see, you need to also execute correctly. And he's gotten that wrong now, so lower that target level, jam and be aggressive, but you know really look to sort of go almost like the you know nipple high when you're making that initial contact instead of you know around shoulder high where he is right now which allows that arm to sometimes creep up and make contact with the jaw. Yeah, I think Sivo's gone for a week with this. Yeah, Again, I, I would I not be shocked. I think, yeah. playing, I think we're, we're playing out without these two players in the next match. And that's, Reg, that's just my take on where we're at. I'm not going to say Reg is replaceable because you just saw him pop off for 170 metres and have a great game where he scored the opening try, even with you know a, a stint in the bin. So Reg is not replaceable. We do have two guys in Makatoa and Ogden uh, who can do a job there. On the wing, though, it's a bit spooky, isn't it, 60s? Uh, the, the Eels will probably look to Isaac Lumi Lumi, who actually didn't play today, so I don't know if he's injured. Um, and outside that, yeah, the options are pretty skinny. You can bring Hayes Dunster back, but I don't think he's 100% either, the poor guy. Uh, so I don't know. Do you put a back row onto the centres? Wonga Blake? Uh, goodness, I don't know. Yeah, uh, look, I honestly, I've, I've got no idea what he's going to do. Um, it, uh, I'm not sure what the injury issue was around Lumi Lumi. Um, if he's available, I guess he plays. If he's not, then yeah, there's some real question marks as to as to what the Eels will do in in those in that situation because we've had scenarios in recent weeks where it's been uh, Wenty Ron Massey Cup players mm. that have been called up for um, reserve grade because we haven't had the players. We haven't had wingers there. We've had to call wingers up from park football. And we've had the brother of... Um, Molotalo Lorenzo. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, uh, uh, yes, yeah, so we're, it's, Tupo. it's been... Yeah, Josh Menhinnick. Was yeah, that player was oldest. yeah, that was called up as well from uh, Wenty. So, yeah, um, whether they decide that they're going to go, they'll maybe have a crack at using Wonga again. I I know that Wonga's got a little bit of a lack of confidence in the high ball out on the wing, and they're not. But I don't think they're going to go and swap around. Uh, one of the centres, uh, for example, Bailey Simonson, I don't think they'd shift him out onto the wing and bring up a centre because, again, that flies in the face of what Brad's interested in doing with his uh, decisions around who, um, what what he does to replace players. He doesn't like to weaken a position to try to fill another one. So uh, I guess we have to have maybe fingers crossed that we're wrong that there isn't a suspension, that there's only fines with this. But, yeah, oh, 
I, I can't see I can't see it only being a uh, a fine this week. I mean, if it was, it's funny. If it was an opposition team that had done this, maybe I could. Maybe I'd be thinking, well, yeah, this is gonna this is gonna end up being uh, just a fine. But I, I know when we've made, given that we've made the mistake there, I can't see it being anything but a suspension. So hit that stinger, mate. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. All right. So, what got your ire outside of um, Parramatta's own issues in this game, sixties? Okay, this was going to be a game where the Titans' tactics was to get up fast off the line and challenge the officials to call them offside and do it often enough that they'd get to that point where they just don't want to blow the whistle anymore. And that's pretty much what we saw out there. The Titans left early all night. They were offside all night. Nothing happened. There were forward passes that were missed. There was blatant knock-ons that were missed. It was, look, it was an ordinary officiating performance. And we repeat, we're not griping about the sin bins. The sin bins we accept. The officiating outside of that, I thought, was just really, really ordinary. And the talk about the... um, What was... Go to the stats for me, mate. What was the play the ball speed? The play the ball speed was actually quite even in this one. 375 for the Eels versus 382 for the Titans. So one of the rare instances where the Eels are actually in the same vicinity as their opposition. But I I will agree about the offsides. It felt like the Titans definitely... Uh, sort of bit the bullet and taking those early penalties. I think the Eels got a call very early on for offside uh, for the payoff later on in the game where they could be aggressive defensively without getting caught out. Yeah, well, as far as I was concerned as well, I, I'm I'm a little bit surprised that that play the ball speed was even because the for me, the eye test said that there was a deliberate effort from the Titans to slow up the play. There was a lot of, there was a lot of spoiling in the ruck for sure. It could have been a few more six against caught easily. Um, For me, sixties, I I really got to tee off on the touch judges. Like why do you exist if you cannot call a forward pass from the kickoff when Aaron shop lobs it a good meter forwards because he's lazy and and he just gets the ball out the wrong. The, the, The crowd went off when that happened and you know, it, it got missed. So Look, lot, lots of you know bad calls. I'm sure that Titans fans will will go there and say that the Eels should be you know pinged for this and that and a few other things because that's the way the game goes. But yeah, I felt like there were some pretty egregious missed calls from our perspective for our team. So yeah, like I said, the Simbins absolutely bang on. I think the bunker got them right. No issues there. Uh, Eels made those mistakes, but yeah, there was some pretty ordinary calls around them you know, in the in in the first half in particular. Okay, so now let's get back to the positive. Three, two, one time, mate. Who's yeah, three? Three, I'm going to go off the... I mean, and look, there were some great performers there, uh, even with all the errors that we had, but I'm going to go for Ryan Madison. I felt like he was a real lightning rod for some of the best football we played. And there were a couple other players that did some really good stuff. Bryce Cartwright, Will Penasini, Guffo, second half, Mitchell Moses pulling the strings. Uh, so it's not like he didn't have competition, but I just felt like he played a really clean game in a game where there was a lot of uh, hot and cold football. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know what, it's it's very hard for me to argue against that. It's, 
you know, there, there's players out there that I thought did some really, really good things. Um, Gutho, of course, is uh, one of the prime people that that fits into that category of would we have won without him? And, you know, there's there's a case that probably we we don't win without Gutho. Um, but I also think that's the steadying runs that Maddo was able to get through the middle at a time when we needed it the most. It's, gee, it's hard to argue against that. But you know what? I am going to argue against that. Just, just to be different, I'm I'm going to go for Will Penasini. Yeah, Will, just, Will's going to feature and, me and, as well. Yeah, it, it's it was just one of those games where he had a number of big moments in it. Uh, you know the the stats don't jump out at you from him. Um, he's got like seventy three run meters. That doesn't really uh, jump out, but it was the carries themselves that were so physical. Um, And uh, defensively, he's down for 16 tackles, four misses. But uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm I'm struggling to think about those misses or where they, where they happened. I I can, I can remember some really important tackles that he made. So um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm going with Will on this. I think he was important for us to get the win today. Uh, and I'm going with um, Maddo for two points there. Yeah, my two points goes to Bryce Cartwright. Uh, I think outside of a errant offload off the first possession of the second half for him, which was dived on by Brendan Hands and sort of saved any sort of blushes, I thought he was... I mean, there was also a missed tackle at one point on uh, Campbell as well, which I think both he and Mitchell... Uh, both had misses in that run there. Uh, but I thought that Bryce was very good, set the tone with some physical carries, uh, got an opportunistic try in the uh, start of the second half, also set up Will and his try off a great run down the right edge. Uh, so, yeah, I think... And also, we talked about him and Will. Uh, my goodness, the, they unf- like they inflicted uh, some serious damage on David Fafita in this game. Uh, he did not want to run the ball. They were really going... I mean, there was one sequence where they... they I think it was uh, Cartwright got him first and then Penasini got him the second time or vice versa on the same run. He, he went back about 10 metres. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I'm conflicted as well for the one point because I try to use that yardstick of could we have won this game without them? And Gutho has to feature in this. Um Mitch Moses has has to feature in this. But you know what? I'm gonna give it to the big man, Junior. Oh, I I just thought that he brought enough of that physicality, both mm-hmm. him and Reg. Like it's a, it's a split air between the two, you know, selecting one of those two. But I, I just thought we had to have someone there in the engine room that deserved the another point there so I'm going with Junior for the one point I did I did like what Junior brought to the table today a lot of direct football did look to offload on the back of that which is where he plays his best football uh, and while the opportunities to create flashy scoring plays from it didn't develop I feel like the methodology was right so yeah Junior did have a good game but my one point goes to Will Penasini um, I talked about that violence uh, the impact that he brought defensively and yes he's down for quite a few missed tackles uh, but 
you have to go, you have to run the sort of tape over that to see where it got wrong. If it was like checking off someone and then someone else making the tackle, I don't know. But it, it felt like he made the big tackles when he needed to. Uh, there was one in the second half in particular where the Titans were looking to develop something down their left edge, and he just drove. Uh, was it uh, was it uh, Sami maybe? Um, it was Sami or maybe uh, Kelly. I don't know, but he absolutely just rode them into the ground with a cracking tackle. So yeah, I mean, Will scored a try, some real violent tackles. Um, loved what I saw there, and then serious honorable mentions to Moses Gufferson Jr. Um, uh, you know, all those boys there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because as I said, I think there's a number that fit into the category of could the could the Eels have won the match without them? And I think all the players that we've mentioned, it would be it would be hard to see the Eels coming up with a win if one of those players was missing from the team today. So uh, we we put this down as an escape, mate. The, the fortunate victory uh is it is it going to be one of those pyrrhic victories because uh you know we could very well lose a couple of players as a result of this match so i wouldn't wouldn't put it down as pyrrhic because there's no long-term injuries and while you might get short-term suspensions you still have the opportunity to go up to the the uh north queensland cowboys hometown stadium and and still maybe jag a result there uh, but yes, frustrating that we could come out of this with a couple of suspensions, but that's on the boys, Micah and Reg, for getting it wrong. And if they do cop a charge, you don't have to wear it. Yeah. Okay. So, man, I think there's, uh, there's probably less as well that I really want to say about the New South Wales Cup. Uh, we, we normally would go into a bit of a review of that, but it, it again was less than ideal. Um and yeah, may arguably a little bit better in some uh, some places, but they they got beaten by I thought a very ordinary South team, thirty mm-hmm. to ten, and open the scoring as really well. So much. they they got the jump, but couldn't convert it into anything meaningful. And yeah, just uh, I think it was what eighteen four at halftime, and they were never really in it. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the greatest game to watch, so it's probably best that we leave it there and that we just look forward now to a really big game against the Cowboys up there in North Queensland. No doubt they'll be looking to get their revenge on the grand final qualifier last year at the same venue, but there's nothing to say that the Eels can't keep the ball rolling and continue our march towards finals football. That table's pretty jam-packed and we need to do everything in our power to get into the top four. We won't get into the top four unless we can pick up some of these tougher games. And uh, we've certainly got no shortage of tough clashes ahead of us. I think we'll need to be better than we were today, but we have to take some encouragement that we were able to get the victory under the circumstances of being down to 11 players at, uh, at one point during the first half. So, mate, anything more you want to add to that? No, you, you take these wins. Yes, they're ugly as sin, but they count all the same. And, and given what comes up ahead for the Eels, getting the victory today was critical. So uh, in that regard, well done to the boys for the big rally. Uh, but they've got to clean up plenty ahead of that trip up to Townsville next week. Yeah, absolutely true. And we've got, uh, and of course, next week, uh, we do have the first round of the NRLW Premiership, and that will be at 
Combank Stadium on Sunday. So looking forward to seeing people out there. And until our next podcast, mate, go you mighty eels.